Tony on the track. Blitz coming. Fitzpatrick throws. Touchdown. Devontae Parker. For Devontae Parker. Two guys back there. And somehow Parker comes away with it. Great catch by Devontae Parker. One play at a time. Yo, it's Nick Imperato and Salsa Sudano, the host of the All in All Fins podcast. We're coming at you live with an episode of Blast from the Past, where we talk about the best offensive and the best defense players since the year 2000. Let's go. And we're back. Back at it again. Stretching for content. Dying for football. What's up? What up, what up, what up? Sale. What is up? Are you talking to me? Yeah, I said what up? Not much, man. Just hanging in there. Praying every day before I go to bed for football. Praying. So anyways. I'm not much of a church goer, but I'll pray for the things I'd like. So, here's where I'm at with this whole preseason now that the NFLPA has offered no preseason games. I definitely think that four preseason games was a bad idea. But I think zero preseason games is an even worse idea. If you're if you're so concerned about preseason games, then that means you're trying to get the season to start at, like basically with no games, the least amount of contact, which means there's no way they're getting through the whole season if they're that worried about it. I think two games was perfect. They need to stick with that. It's going to reduce the amount of injuries of guys that can get used to getting hit again. I think it would be dumb to have no preseason games. Yeah, I mean, you need to get guys loose and, and ready to play because in the preseason, obviously not everyone plays uh, every single snap so they could get their bodies into it. They're not just jumping right into it and getting after it. Um, like when the regular season, you're going to do that. So guys are, you know, m- might be more prone to injury with, with just getting right into week one. They're not going to have time to get, you know, a little more contact than a training camp, but not as much as where they got to go play four quarters of football and you know, hit hit a bunch of people. <clears throat> they're gonna have you know, there's they're just gonna be a little. They're not gonna be as loose. They're not gonna be as as fluid, and it could it could lead to some more injuries. Yeah, I don't know. I saw something that they might give the option to opt out of the season and get paid a flat rate of a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And I saw somebody tweet something interesting. If you're a UDFA and you think that you have like no chance or a low chance. Do you take the hundred and fifty thousand dollars and then take your chance in a, the next year, or never come back to football, or do you take the chance of trying to make the team? Because you know, with COVID and stuff, they might you know keep keep you keep you close to the team in case they need to call you call you up for a game or two. Yeah, I mean, if if you're a guy who's on the verge of making a team or not making a team, you know, it, it might be in your best interest to. To, to stay as an undrafted free agent or a pa- practice squad player or somebody who might have not made the team, but technically you're still on the roster because they never made any cuts, so you would get paid that money. Um, but I think for a lot of guys, you know, if they're on the verge of making a team, sitting a year out might not be a thing that they want to do. They might want to get after it and go in right now. They might see this as their best opportunity to get an opportunity to play in the NFL and get a chance to start. So... 
they might they might you know set the money aside and and, and try to go for it yeah i would probably give it a shot um but definitely definitely want a pre- at least one preseason game i mean jesus zero that would be that would be too much but i did see today that they did a clinical trial on 45 people and um after the vaccine was administered all 45 people got the antibodies and and now they're like skipping a phase of the clinical trial and going to the last phase so they can start producing it so hopefully that's a thing because this COVID thing is is getting pretty old i'm not gonna lie to you yeah (laughs) i mean it's it's out of everyone's control you know and team leagues and teams are trying to do their best to to get sports going and to get things back up again like the ufc fights they they don't have any people in the stands they wear masks um we were just talking about the baseball um that there's no one in the stands there's an exhibition in the nba i think i forget how many players are tested but none of them tested positive and they're quarantining themselves to try to get the season started again so a lot of teams and leagues and players are trying to do as much as they can to make a season possible because as much as we want to watch sports they want to play it yeah yeah i feel like we're all just kind of being like starved of what we you know what we really focus on which is sports and we like you said we were talking about baseball so at least i get the you know i'm i'm enjoying watching some baseball they they're doing exhibition games right now and then they start um opening night is thursday so that's pretty exciting but we'll see we'll see what happens at least the nfl gets to see the nba and the nfl or the nba and the mlb and ufc and golf and the nhl and a bunch of other sports leagues figured out basically for them you know i see it right here it says players to receive a daily test for the first two weeks of camp so i mean it'll just be important for them to stay responsible um don't go do extracurricular activities just go to practice and go home and keep your family safe and go that route but we'll see um, but let's get into what we're going to talk about today, which is this kind of like a little little fun activity. It's nothing serious. It's nothing about the 2020 season. We're going to go from 2000 to 2019. We're just going to name the best offensive player, which is what I'm going to do. And then Sale is going to name the best defense player of that year. Uh, we'll cover the stats, talk about any memories we have, and we'll try to buzz through this real quick. Um, just something to, you know, a little nostalgia, some some light, but... I'll start it off with 2000. We went 11 and 5. Dave Wants, that was the coach. Chan Gailey was the offensive coordinator. Uh, I think this was the last time we won a playoff game. We beat the Indianapolis Colts, who was who were in our division at the time, 23 to 17, and then we lost 27 to 0 against the Raiders. Um, and the best offensive player was Lamar Smith, the running back. He had 1,340 scrimmage yards and 16 total touchdowns. Uh, 1,139 came on the ground with the 14 touchdowns, which is a good amount. And we're talking back in the day when we had Rob Conrad carving the way. Um, just just demolishing people. I don't know if you remember him, um, but he was a beast. And Lamar Smith also had 201 yards receiving. 31 catches. Uh, Jay Fiedler was the quarterback. He probably was close second, but Jay Fiedler had 14 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. So he was nothing 
nothing amazing. So um, Lamar Smith was the uh, best offense player on the team in 2000. 2000. Yeah, so with the defense in 2000, I went with Brian Walker. Um, seven interceptions and 96 tackles. Um, you know, there's there's not much more to be said. He was clearly the best defensive player that year with seven interceptions. That's nothing to 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 look away from. So I had to go with him as my pick on the defense. I'd be lying to you if I said I remembered who Brian Walker was. I there's would, a lot of names on here I that I too. recognize, but. Uh, 2001, 11-5, Dave Wanstead again, Chan Gailey again, lost to the Ravens in, or, yeah, I said 2001, right? Lost yeah, to the Ravens yeah, yeah. in the wild card round. The best offensive player again was Lamar Smith. Uh, let's see, he had 1,200 total scrimmage yards, eight touchdowns, almost 1,000 yards on the, ro- on the ground, um, this was back in the day when there was a lot of running the ball. So if you really want to look at it, Chris Chambers, he probably would be a close second. You could definitely argue for Chris Chambers. He had 883 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, you know, so he would probably be a close second. You could probably argue for him to be first. But again, um, Jay Fiedler's a quarterback, and you know his stats are underwhelming: 20 touchdowns, 19 interceptions. So, um, yikes. Yeah. So on the defensive side, I went with the legend, the Miami Dolphins legend in Zach Thomas with 155 tackles that year, four for loss, three sacks, two forced fumbles, two picks, and he ran one in for a touchdown. Why is he not in the Hall of Fame? He's going to be on this list 20 times. There's only 19 people. It's so annoying. He is probably one of the most underrated players in the NFL and I could say that without feeling too biased because the stats prove it. His leadership, his his ability to play on the field from sideline to sideline is a is a later pick, an undersized guy. A lot of people thought like he's just an animal. Uh, he was just an animal, and I, I've seen a lot of stats compared to him and Brian Erlacher. And I was just gonna say that in most of the categories, Zach Thomas is better. But he was just of- so cerebral, dude. If you listen to like what Channing Crowder says, what he learned from him, and anybody that's played with him, Jason Taylor, um, they all say like he was so smart. He was like, like, like the only the a common day like a a more recent linebacker that I would compare would be Luke Keekley, but Zach Thomas was a beast, man. He was just he was just an animal. I mean, to be so dominant for so long. I mean, he, at the end of his career, he kind of faded off and didn't stay with the Dolphins and try to go. He went other places where Brian Erlacher played his whole career with the Bears. And, you know, the Dolphins' defense was never as good as the Bears' defense, so he doesn't get the credit because he didn't have the players around him like Brian Erlacher did. But for what he had and, and the ability that he had, it was it's just it's disrespectful. Straight up. To continue the dominant string, in 2002, my man, Ricky frickin' Williams, went off. He went off. He had 2,216 scrimmage yards and 17 touchdowns. This man averaged 115, almost 116 yards per game. That is redonkulous. I mean, he did carry the ball almost 400 times. Dave Wonstadt straight ran the tires off my man. 1,853 yards, 16 touchdowns on the ground. 47 
receptions for 363 yards and a touchdown. My man touched the ball 430 times that year. 430. That is crazy. But um, North Turner was the offensive coordinator. We went um, 9-7, and seven, which is a damn shame when you have a running back that goes for that. Um, we started started five and two, ended nine and seven. That's that's painful. So, um, yeah, there's not much more I gotta say. Ricky was just dominant that year. Ricky Williams, the man, the goat. Uh, 2002 on the defense. We're gonna go with JT Jason Taylor. 18 and a half sacks that year. Just an absolute beast getting after the quarterback in 2002. Another legend, another guy who, you know, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's gotten the credit he deserves. Uh, he had 17 tackles for loss that year. I mean, seven forced fumbles. Ridiculous. Just an absolute animal on the field. 17 tackles for loss and seven forced fumbles with 18 and a half sacks. Crazy. That's crazy, man. That might as well be like 35 sacks right there. Give it to him. Um, coming back with another year of Ricky Williams dominance, um, the year before he retired for a year, 1,723 yards from scrimmage, 10 touchdowns. He rushed for 1,372 yards, um, which is down from the year before. He was only averaging 3.5 yards per carry, um, which is pretty low for getting almost 400 carries. Um, you know what I mean? So he definitely got, got ran over, but... Chris Chambers also had a real nice year that year. He almost had 1,000 yards and 11 touchdowns. So they went 10-6. and six. Norv Turner, again, was the offense coordinator. Dave Wanstad was the coach. Uh, did not make the playoffs. Yikes. Uh, 2003, we're going back to Zach Thomas again with his 153 tackles on the year. Just an absolute animal, sideline to sideline, playing the ball. Um, he, he had a fumble recovery, a pick, uh, four tackles for loss. But, you know, somebody else I wanted to um, hit on as an honorable mention is Pat Sertain. I was a, it was a toss-up between those two guys, Pat Sertain and Zach Thomas, because Pat, Pat Sertain had seven picks that year. Uh, pretty impressive stat. Yes, it is. Xavier Howard happened to have seven picks a couple of years ago. Maybe we'll see him on this list. Who knows? 2004. Um, kind of a down year for stats for the Dolphins. I mean, their leading rusher had 500 yards. Um, their leaving, leading receiver, which was Chris Chambers, had 898 yards, seven touchdowns. He would be my offensive player of the year for 2004. Um, but down year for sure. They definitely had to have a had a, had had a down year because uh, Dave Wanstead started one and eight that year, I believe, and then he got canned. But Chris Forrester is he the one that was um, blowing the coke? The offensive line coach. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Chris Forrester, yeah, he was 2017 run game coordinator and offensive coach for the Dolphins. So he. So he was the co-cad, and he was the offensive coordinator when they went four and twelve in two thousand four. I wonder if he was blowing coke for a for him. <laughs> I actually didn't know that. I didn't know he was the offensive coordinator. Did you know that he was with the 49ers the last two years as a con- consultant? Can you believe he got hired? What? 
Hey, people yeah. deserve people deserve second chances. Oh yeah. Uh, two thousand four. No surprise with who I'm going with. Zach Thomas, one hundred and forty five tackles, nine for loss. He did it in just thirteen games. The stats weren't overwhelming in two thousand four for the defense, but Zach Thomas never lets up. And here we are in the Nick Saban era. Ronnie Brown's a rookie. We just picked him number two overall. Chris Chambers, 1,118 yards and 11 touchdowns. He had 82 receptions, and he was targeted 166 times. So Gus Farah was just trying to pump the ball into my man. Like, holy cow. That's a lot of that's a lot of targets. I mean, for only eighty two catches, but he had a big year that year. Eleven hundred yards and eleven touchdowns. That's respectable. Yeah, for me on the defensive side, two thousand five. Um, gonna shake it up here. J.K. LOL. Zach Thomas again. One hundred sixty two tackles, thirteen for loss in fourteen games, four forced fumbles. Uh, another honorable mention I'd like to give. You know, Jason Taylor, 12 tackles, 12 for loss, four forced fumbles. You know, in this era, those two guys were the ones leading the team, leading the charge on the defense and really keeping them alive, helping, trying to keep them alive. If we had better players around Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas, imagine what the defense could have been. I mean, even w- they ha- they were supposed to have the best defense in the league in, in like, 2000. 2000- the two, the early two thousands, they were one of the best defenses, and you know, like the next year coming up, you're about to list a defensive player of the year. You know, so you should be better than six and ten when you have the defensive player of the year. It's just the offense. The offense is never there. It's the quarterback, man, dude. I'm telling you, like Joey Harrington was the leading passer in two thousand six. You got a freaking defensive player of the year, and you went six and ten. That's embarrassing. But the best player on the offense was Ronnie Brown. 1,000 yards rushing, five touchdowns, 33 receptions, 276 yards, no touchdowns receiving. Um, you know, Sammy Morris and Travis Minor backed him up, but nothing nothing to speak of. I mean, Joey Harrington was a leading passer. He had 12 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Mike Malarkey was the, the uh, offensive coordinator. Mike just Malarkey. A, just a damn waste of talent, man. Yeah, I mean, you hit it. Yeah, took my pick. 2006, Jason Taylor, defensive play of the year. 13 and a half sacks, 12 for loss. Nine forced fumbles. Incredible. Nine forced fumbles. Uh, yeah, yeah, you wanted to argue with me. You were going to pick Zach Thomas. Well, I, I mean, 165 tackles is pretty impressive. Three That's sacks. That's a lot of tackles. That's a he lot of tackles. He had 166 one year, 165 one year. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Give him the gold jacket. God Just 140-plus tackles for quite a bit each year is impressive. But, yeah, Jason Taylor, you know, two picks, two touchdowns as well, both pick sixes, nine forced fumbles. I mean, nine forced fumbles. is. I feel like you don't see a lot of players getting a bunch of forced fumbles nowadays. I, f- I feel as uh, I feel yeah. so it's not as common. Yeah, I don't know. I think I wonder if it's just like making sure you tackle, or if it's the tackling rules, or what it is. Um, but here's when it starts to get more vivid for me. I would say, uh, 2007, we went one and fifteen with Cam Cameron as a head coach. I remember that year. Uh, famous, famous, 
famous uh, dumpster fire. Um, we had Cleo Lemon as our quarterback for most of the year. He played nine games. Trent Green played a couple games. I think he got hurt, if I remember correctly. Um, but, I mean, I don't think anybody deserves to be, like, the offensive player of the year that year, honestly. <laughs> I mean, the the person on the offense that had the most touchdowns was somebody had um, four. Cleo Lemon had four running touchdowns. So, Cleo Lemon would be my offensive player of the year, and that's just – or, you know what? No. Yeah, Cleo Lemon slash Greg Camarillo for winning one game that year. How about that? Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Damn. Yikes. Embarrassments. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, not much better on the defensive side of the ball over here. Uh, I had to pick one, obviously. Jason Taylor was the only one who jumped off the page, and not even that much. A down year for him with 11 sacks. Did have 16 QB hit, uh, or tackles, tackle for losses, though. It's pretty impressive. Three forced fumbles, had a pick. Our leading tackler that year was Channing Crowder with 77. Uh, bad year. Zach Thomas was hurt. He only played five games. Still had 52 tackles, though. Baller. Rough Coming year. into the Wildcat year, Let's we got Chad Pennington leading the team to a playoff berth. One year after going 1-15, we went 11-5. 3,600 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Um, obviously, Ronnie Brown threw for a couple touchdowns, and he had a good year rushing, running the Wildcat. Um, but that that team wasn't anything without Chad Pennington at quarterback, and this is the first year that we really had a a competent quarterback since Dan the Man left. So um, you see what happens. You go from uh, one and fifteen to eleven and five. Yeah, what a turnaround. Uh, R.I.P. Oh. Um, I on the defensive side, I had Joey Porter. 17 and a half sacks, 18 tackles for loss, mm. four forced fumbles, uh, just a monster off the edge, really picking up the slack and just getting after the ball. Didn't have Jason Taylor that year. Rough. Coming back at 09, guess who came back? Came back strong. Ricky Williams, 1,100 yards rushing in 2009. Do you know that? Ricky, yeah, dude, I love Ricky Williams. But 1,100 yards after all those years of retiring, coming back, going to a different team, blah, 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 blah. Just, uh, I remember man. watching that year, 1,100 yards. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. I it's love it. It's a great sight. You know what's not a great sight? When he was in a Ravens uniform. That, that's a damn yeah, shame. I, I wish he that last year he was in, on the Dolphins. I also didn't like when Ronnie Brown went to the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, I don't like any of that stuff. Like, it, yeah. I feel like, like same thing with Cam Wake. Like, yeah, get out of the Titans uniform, dude. For just bring no him thanks. back. He's not gonna cost that much. Just he's an he's a legend, uh, a great name on the team and and the history of the sport. Like, uh. I almost wonder if he just doesn't want to come back. You don't think? I don't know. It's just a, just the idea that popped in my head. Could be it. Anyway, 2009, I had Jeremiah Bell as our lead defender, the best defender on the team that year. 114 tackles, three interceptions, led the team uh, with tackles. It was a rough year for the linebacking core, that's for sure. And a bright spot of the defense was Jeremiah Bell. 
he was one of my favorite ex or like reti- Dolphins retirees. I got a soft spot for for uh, safeties. That's for sure. That's probably I'd, my favorite position. I love Jeremiah Bell. He was d- just on the defense. Safety is safety. Yeah, I cool. like. Yeah, Jeremiah Bell was just an absolute hammer. We honestly have a good line of safeties. Honestly, I mean Jeremiah Bell. Uh, like sure. even before that, Brock Marion, Jeremiah Bell, Rashad Jones. I mean, we've had some we've had some good safeties around here that stayed around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, 2010, 2010. Uh, give me Brandon Marshall. Thousand uh, fourteen yards, three touchdowns. Um, you know he was kind of a bright spot in the offense we didn't rush for a lot of yards that year ricky and ronnie basically had the same amount of yards rushing um but brandon marshall really stuck out for me sale is uh going to shut his air conditioner off which is buzzing in my ear <laughs> didn't you shut it off it's it's the furnace it's not the air it's not the <laughs> oh it sounds like ac i try to shut the door why um, is the furnace on it's 90 out i don't know dude um, <laughs> 2010. What? Oh my God! Cam, the man, Wake makes his first a appearance. Fourteen and a half sacks. Uh, actually, just a straight fourteen. Thanks for interrupting <sighs> How's me. How's close? Uh, 21 tackles for loss though, and 26 QB hits. That is outrageous numbers right there. Three forced fumbles. But can we go back? 21 tackles for loss and 26 QB hits. <laughs> That's insane, brother. Dang. That's called getting to the quarterback. Dang. Getting to the QB. So, 2011, split year between Tony Soprano and Todd Bowles. Uh, six and ten, nothing to speak of. Uh, we had Matt Moore at the helm. Reggie Bush was the bright spot of the team, though. He had almost 1,100 yards rushing, six touchdowns on the ground, another 300 yards Receiving and a touchdown, almost 1,400 yards. Um, don't forget about Brandon Marshall, though. He had 1,214 yards and six touchdowns that year. So two big years from those guys. Again, two big years from a wide receiver and a running back. But you got mediocre Matt Moore at quarterback, and you got two you, – you can't figure out who you want to coach the team because Tony Sperano starts – Four and nine, and then Brian Dable, who's the head coach or the uh, offensive coordinator for the damn Bills right now, is our offensive coordinator, and they can't figure it out. Again, wasting talent. It's a yeah. common theme here. It is for sure. Uh for me on the defensive side, 2011, we're gonna go with an oddball here, a one-timer on this list. Kevin Burnett. Do you remember Kevin Burnett? Yes, sir. I yes, I him. do. I liked him a lot with Carlos Dansby. What a what a duo. Uh, Burnett and Dansby had very similar stats that year. It was a toss-up. But I went with Burnett, 106 tackles, two and a half sacks, 10 for loss. Um, just led the team and just kind of like an underrated linebacker along with Carlos Dansby, who I liked a lot. And it was just – it was I liked watching Burnett and Dansby, and I liked some of the linebackers we've had, that these underrated guys that we've had. I've always thought it's been cool to, to get these guys, you know, not have like – this this high first round pick or this all pro we've just had these guys that are just i mean we've had all pros we just had these guys that are underdogs and have always had a chip on their shoulder coming into the league burnett had a tough time getting into the league and 
had a little bit of a, a shine when he was in Miami. Zach Thomas was a late round pick, like we talked about before. So I just love these underdog linebackers with the chip on their shoulder, trying to prove everything. Yeah, me too. I I definitely think they he was a good story. 2012 was an interesting year. This was Tannehill's rookie year. Uh, we had Lamar Miller on the team. He was a rookie. Um, and then there was a guy who's – I'm not picking for the offensive player of the year for us that year, but Devon Betts, if you don't remember, he had a pretty big year that year, but he led the league in third down conversions. That was where he was clutch. Um, so that makes a big difference. But the guy who led the team offensive-wise – was Brian Hartline who almost had 1,100 yards receiving? I know he had. I think this was the year he had a big year against Arizona and had damn near 300 yards receiving. I could be wrong, but he only had one touchdown that year. So, um, a lot of yards receiving. Uh, Tannehill threw for 3,200 yards, um, 12 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Um, but yeah, I think Brian Hartline was was big that year, and Mike Sherman who followed him over from Texas A&M, was a offensive coordinator with Queasy Joe Philbin. <laughs> Do you remember that game? Can we just talk about that for a second? This man had a chance to be Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at home, and he said he got Queasy, so he ran the ball, and we got stuffed. Gave the ball back to Aaron Rodgers and lost that game. Do you remember? It was a 4 o'clock game on Fox. I do, and that is the reason he did not stay around for too long, and is not the head coach of the team still. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't get scared as a coach and just hide and try to pray for the best. You the, can't tell people you got queasy. Well, yeah, you can't admit that either. <laughs> Although I guess you know, good for him admitting it, <laughs> admitting he was wrong. Uh, Two thousand twelve for me. We go back to Cameron Wake, 15 sacks, 33 QB hits that year, 13 tackles for loss, and three forced fumbles. Another guy I'd like to mention, who I'd mentioned last time, is Carlos Dansby. You know, 134 tackles, looking like a Zach Thomas out there on the defensive side of the ball, playing the ball, playing sideline to sideline, getting those tackles. But Cam Wake's my guy for 2012. I like Carlos Dansby. Uh, 2013, another wasted year. Started 3-0, and couldn't convert, ended up going 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, Tannehill was probably the best player on the team that year. He had almost 4,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Um, I think he also ran the ball pretty decently. Let me see what I see. Yeah, he had 300 yards rushing and a touchdown. So uh, give me Tannehill for the player of the year, that offensive player of the year. But um, Brian Hartline had a big year that year too, and uh, – yeah, yeah. give me Tannehill. Yeah, 2013 was a rough year for the defense. Not a lot of guys jumped off the page. Uh, Philip Wheeler had 118 tackles, led the team. But a guy that I chose was Olivier Vernon. 11 and a half sacks, 13 QB hits, 16 uh, or 13 tackles for loss and 16 QB hits. You know, there's really not much to, to talk about for this defense. Brett Grimes had four picks, but... It was a rough year for the defense, but Olivier Vernon kind of kind of stood out to me more than the rest. Yeah, he, he's another one I hated to see go, but he just didn't fit. Mm. Um, 2014, Tannehill went for 4,000 yards, 
27 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. That's a good year right there, honestly. It really is a good year. Uh, Lamar Miller rushed for 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, and then, you know, a couple guys had some pretty decent years receiving. Mike Wallace had 10 touchdowns receiving. But Tannehill with 27 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, that's a big year. I, I guess I didn't realize realize that's a, that's a damn good year right there for, for Tannehill. Tannehill showed some some bright Here spots, some hope. <laughs> what? Oh. I will finally shut off. <laughs> For me, 2014, we're going with Jelani Jenkins. Yes, Do you remember Jelani Jenkins? Yes, yes, What sir. an animal. I loved him. The young buck, 22 years old at the time, had 30 more tackles than the next guy, who was Rashad Jones. He had 110 tackles that year, nine for loss, three and a half sacks. Just absolute animal on the field. Um, you know, it was, it was a pretty decent year for the defense. Brent Grimes had five picks, went to the Pro Bowl. Cam Wake had 11 and a half sacks, went to the Pro Bowl. But Jelani Jenkins was the name I had to put down for this year that stood out for me in 2014. Coming to the uh, the real, like, really, like, I'm not missing a snap in a game. This is where I locked right in. I'm, I, I can tell you that this was, like, probably where I became – the biggest fan and and was able to learn the most about football from 2015 on. Uh, give me Jarvis Landry oh. making the Pro Bowl, 1,200 yards receiving, almost four touchdowns. The heart and soul of the team, making highlight real plays every week. Give me Jarvis Landry as the offensive player of the year in 2015. Makes me sad. Just 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 go. I don't have tissues for you. <laughs> I got Rashad Jones, 2015, yeah, 135 tackles, nine for loss, five interceptions, two touchdowns, and a just an absolute animal. Just led this team. You know, you, what were you going to say? No, just go. Go no, 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 it's fine. You know, I wasn't talking or anything. No. Where you go. It didn't sound like I thought you were done talking, but I was going to say, I don't even know. I was going to just piggyback off what you were saying, but finish what you're saying. Well, now I, now I don't. Now you're I pausing. No, your pauses are too long. I'm trying not to leave these guys with any uh, blank space. Sorry. Sorry. I'll talk faster. Um, yeah, but Chad Jones made the Pro Bowl that year. Just I remember watch, like li- looking at that year and you know the the years right before that and around that. I'm like, how do people not recognize that Rashad Jones is one of the best players in the league? You know, I thought thought he was so underrated. I was so happy when he made the Pro Bowl. Uh, I I he was one of my, he's one of my favorite players that that I've watched in Miami. Just you know, his last few years weren't the greatest, but before that, he was just a guy who was always wanting to play, always willing to play, getting out there, making plays up in the box, dropping back, just a sideline to sideline, all around player, a fifth round pick out of Georgia. You just love to see it. You love to see it. All right, 2016, the year that could have been. It could have been a lot more if uh, Tannehill didn't get hurt. I truly believe that. We could have given the Steelers a run for their money. Um, but give me Jay Ajayi, Jay Train, 1,272 yards rushing, eight touchdowns. What he rushed for 200 yards three times that year. Um, that that was just a big year, a huge year for Jay Train, uh, one of my favorite players on the team that year. 
we also had some big production from guys like uh, Jarvis Landry, who had almost 1,200 yards receiving, and Kenny Stills, who had nine touchdowns that year. Kenny? I'm going with Cameron Wake this year. 11 and a half sacks, 24 QB hits. I just sound like I'm, re- you know, this is just repetitive. You just hear this guy getting double-digit sacks every year, getting 20-plus QB hits every year. The big fella got a pick that year. Um, just can't wait. You got to love him. Another guy I'd like to talk, you know, say something about was Kiko Alonso that year. He had 115 tackles and two picks that year. Led the team in pick tackles. Pick six against the Rivers. He had p- the Rivers? Yeah, the Rivers. My bad. The Phillip Rivers or the Ravens? Phillip Rivers. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, Kiko Alonso, though, 115 tackles. Um, but Cam Wake is, is who I'm going with. Five forced fumbles that year. Yes. Love it. Love it. 2017, give me smoking Jay Cutler, leading the cavalry. God. One of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I love me some Jay Cutler. Is that really? Uh, is, is yeah, that I really mean. a bright spot? Yeah, Jay Cutler is the GOAT. <laughs> Why are you hating on Jay Culler? I mean, Christy Cavallari's uh, getting her uh, shit handed to her by uh, Jay Culler. <laughs> well, it wasn't a running back because we shipped Jay Ajayi off to, um, off to Philadelphia. Kenny Drake came on and was the leading rusher for the last five g- weeks of the year, but he still didn't have a big year overall. Um, Jarvis Landry had nine touchdowns, so you could say Jarvis Landry, but give me Jay, give me Jay Culler leaving, leading the team. Coming back from retirement, taking making ten million dollars. Give me give me Jay Keller. Alright, fine, fair enough. <clears throat> two thousand seventeen was a toss up between two of these guys that I've said before and, and these guys that I've liked. I picked Cam Wake, ten and a half sacks, twelve tackles for loss, twenty seven QB hits. No surprise there, just an animal all over. Uh, but another guy I'd like to say was Rashad Jones. He made the Pro Bowl that year, 122 tackles two interceptions um but i just got to go with cam wake the double digit sacks and the consistency of the qb hits is just too much to not take him 2018 this is a tough year okay because i can't go Tannehill and i can't go brock osweiler because they split the year i would go albert wilson but he only played seven games uh Danny Amendola had a decent year as far as he was on the field. He only had one touchdown though. But give me, give me Frank the Tank Gore, just just being a, a pro, being a, a, a leading the team, showing them how to work. Almost 800 yards, um, and, and a couple touchdowns. So give me Frank Gore for the bright spot on the offense in 2018. Again, a uh, year just riddled of injuries and, and mediocre play. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> One bright spot on the defense, though, was Xavier Howard. Seven, there he is. Seven picks that year in 12 games. You know, you talked about the injuries. If he didn't get hurt, that seven could have been nine, ten maybe, the way he was playing. Still made the Pro Bowl, though. Uh, 35 tackles, but... That's seven interceptions, man. It was a rough year. Our leading sacker that or leading sacker. Our guy with the leap most sacks that year. Is that right? Does that make sense? Leading sacker? Yeah. I don't, don't want see why not. I, I don't know. It just sounded weird when I said it. Um it anyway. Does sound weird. Was Robert Quinn with six and a half. Yikes. But Yikes. 
Xavier Howard X seven picks, looking for him to have it again this year. He was just running people's routes for them. Tom Brady thought he was his receiver that year. Yeah, I think I think Tom Brady had more completions to Xavier Howard that year than any receiver when he was playing the Dolphins. I agree. <laughs> that Monday night game will still make my panties wet. 2019. Give me Devontae Parker, baby. Yes, sir. 1,202 yards, nine touchdowns. Pro Bowl. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Snub. Got snub from the Pro Bowl. And a uh, close second was Kalen Balaj with uh, 1.1 yards per carry. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, honestly. I would say 1A, 1B would be Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker. 1A, 1B. All right. For me, you're gonna, you might not like this one, but I'm going to go with 2019 Minka Fitzpatrick can go F himself. I was about to drive you out <laughs> and slap you. My pick for 2019 is the man that I so keep close Love. to my heart. Yes, you do. Jerome. I, 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 I didn't even know who you were going to pick. Jerome Baker. 126 tackles, leading the team, three for loss, one pick, two forced fumbles, just a bright spot on the defense. He had over 30 more tackles. And 30, he had exactly 35 more tackles than the next guy below him on that list. 81 with Eric Rowe is just a leader of this defense, a guy playing sideline to sideline, working on his game, getting in there, getting dirty, putting his head down. You want to try that math again? Beast. Why? It's 45 tackles. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> 45? <laughs> That's insane. 45 more tackles. You are right. That was bad. Vince we, Beagle had 13, 13 hits. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> we don't know how to do math up here in the north. I don't mean that. Um, Vince Beagle <laughs> had 13 hits on the quarterback. That's an impressive stat. Vince. All right, folks. Look, we got a giveaway going right now. We got a handmade Dolphins plaque. Go retweet it, like it, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. You can win it on Friday. Then we're going to announce another giveaway, which is going to be a little bit more exciting for all of you. And then subscribe to this podcast. Okay? Listen here. Again, Yo. Sales going to tell you. Yeah. No, sales going to tell you. Yeah, what Nick said, you know, replay it. And that's what I'm going to say. You know, hit rewind for a few seconds. Uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram, IG. Like the Instagram pictures. Uh, follow us on IG. Follow us on Twitter. We're going to have some giveaways. Retweet, like it, enter it, get in. Free stuff. Who doesn't like free stuff and free Dolphin stuff? I can't think of anything better. Can you? Free Dolphin stuff, free Dolphins merch, free Dolphins memorabilia. <sighs> Fins up, end it. <laughs> Sorry. Let's go.